and you're listening to season three of the Afropop Close-Up podcast, where we go beyond the music into politics, religion, history, and culture. As you probably already know, vinyl is back. But there's a difference between trendy new vinyl productions and vintage discs from the format's golden age. That's the product you'll find in Boston at Skippy White's. Skippy has been selling vinyl in the Boston area since 1961, Producers Brian Coleman, Michael Garth, and Noah Schaefer visited Skippy's current establishment to hear his story and sample his wares. Here's Brian with the podcast, Skippy White, A Vinyl Life. It's early afternoon on a sunny fall Saturday in Eggleston Square, smack dab in the middle of Boston's Roxbury neighborhood. Traffic crawls by and the occasional car horn is heard as local residents make their way up and down one of the city's outlying thoroughfares. Across the street, a local high-rise apartment complex is having a farmer's market. Neighborhood friends greet each other as they pass, even across the street from one another. At 1971 Columbus Avenue, nestled in between the neighborhood liquor store and the Lawson Brothers Hair Salon, Classic soul and gospel music spills out of one of Boston's oldest and most revered record stores, Skippy White's. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. go ahead, so, keep on talking. No, no, you, you can take over now. <laughs> Skippy has been here in Eggleston for 15 years, but he opened his first Boston store all the way back in 1961, five and a half decades ago. The Eggleston store isn't likely to wow new customers who happen to enter. It might be most respectfully described as lived in. Decades-old promotional album posters cover the walls, alongside framed and laminated feature articles about Skippy over the years. Across from the main counter, a vinyl banner showing the exterior of one of his 1960s store locations is supported by grommets and frayed rope. The long, narrow checkout counter is filled with random scraps of paper 45 RPM records, stacked 15 or 20 copies high, flyers for upcoming gospel and R&B concerts, and an ancient desktop computer. And of course, there are thousands of vinyl records, cassettes, and CDs displayed around the premises, some stacked in teetering piles. Regular customers don't mind the mess. They're here to maybe buy some music, but mostly for an audience with Skippy himself. The legend can usually be found behind the counter, ready to log special order requests in his notebook and talk music with the customers he serves and loves. I, I don't know what other stores do. I don't know what the, the, the other people that, that have record stores do. But here, I mean, the customer is kind of king. And when they come in and they ask for something, um, first of all, if we have it in stock, great. That's, that's wonderful. If we don't have it in stock, we always offer to order it for them and, and get it, and we look it up. Um, and we'll go the extra mile for our customers to, to find whatever it is they're looking for. And sometimes that takes time. It takes a lot of time and a lot of patience to do that. Other stores that, that we hear kind of, you know, scuttlebutt from people that, that go to other stores and come back here and tell us about how they're treated at some other stores is that most other stores just will not be bothered. 
Skippy knows that people have options when it comes to buying records, especially online options. But he still sees dozens of people a month drop down 50% of the sticker price on a special order cassette or CD, returning a week later to pick it up. In a world dominated by instant gratification, this is the opposite. I mean, you can't ask any questions. If you, I mean, you just go online. If you find what you're looking for online, you just order it and pay for it, and that's it. Uh, but here, you can ask questions. Um, obviously, we'll play it for you and so forth. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot to ordering or coming in and, and picking up a record here or having me order a record for you uh, in the store. And we, you know, give you a lot of service behind it. Skippy's customers appreciate that personal service. My name's Hassan. I'm AKA Al J, Algebra. I can always rely on Skippy to have, as they would say, oldies but goodies. <laughs> the whole survival of mom and pop record stores, they're scarce in these days and times. I've been knowing Skippy for like a little over 20 years and a lot has changed. The demographic of the city has changed. Things change. And I have more of an appreciation for a mom and pop record store. And Skippy White is that man. Since the early 60s, in addition to owning multiple record stores in Boston and one in Rhode Island, Skippy has been an R&B and gospel radio DJ, a record producer and label owner, a concert promoter, a mentor, and a low-key community builder. Song and a wonderful version of that. Still on the banks of Jordan, the Brooklyn All-Stars, right here on board the Gospel Train Sunday morning with Skippy White, your conductor, playing the good gospel music for you, and that one going out to Brother Griff. I know he loves that song, and it's uh, very, very meaningful for him. As we continue with... In a city known for racial divisions, he's a French-Canadian from Waltham, whose decades of devotion to the music and musicians he loves has earned him almost unrivaled respect and love from Boston's black community. And Al, I can tell you that now we can start accepting mail here at our new address in Hyde Park. And while retail experts will tell you that the market for physical music has all but disappeared these days, 1971 Columbus Avenue isn't Walmart or the mall. People come to Skippy's to buy old music and to get it from the source someone who can give them deep background on an artist, or even share a memory or two about a concert that happened 30 or 40 years ago. Take William, for example. He dropped by on a recent weekend afternoon to buy tickets for an upcoming Boston performance by Johnny Gill of the group New Edition. I come here every time I'm looking for some old music because this is basically a place you're gonna find it. William remembers Skippy's longtime motto, based on the premise that if you don't know the name of the song you're looking for, just hum it. It could be argued that Skippy is a human prototype for the Shazam app. You can come in and just hum it. You can find it. Can't go to Walmart and places like that and find it, you know. Well, this is a neighborhood. I have to frequent the business in the community, you know. If you, people don't come to the business, the businesses are closed and they be gone. This is our neighborhood. You should spend your money in your own neighborhood. In Boston, Skippy White has owned record stores over the decades in the South End, Mattapan, and Cambridge's Central Square. Many of his customers, like Willie the Handyman, have followed him to each new location. We found him on a recent Saturday, dropping by the Eggleston store. I've come to all of the locations. Going way, way back to the yeah. original one? Uh, I've been here 50, 57 years. 
So basically, I've been wherever he went, that's where I went. I'm, I'm into, I've been in the gospel mood for the last six months. And you bought on cassette? Yeah, stop that shit with a truck. We're working, I'm not working. Okay. And she's taking my piece, you know, I get plus away with a customer. The customer make me upset. I get him to put the tape in. By the next time I get to the next stop, I'll be at peace. When I came here, he was down on Queen Mass Island somewhere down there. So that was the part of town, all right? If you, if you had any problem, you had any dealing with the, with the women, you had dealing dealing with the, with the society, you go to the Skippy, you, you, you buy your music, you, uh, you get a little conversation going, and when you leave there, you, 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 go, you go take care of your problem. It's not easy for any brick-and-mortar store to survive these days, and Skippy isn't unrealistic about buying habits, especially those of younger consumers. In fact, even though Skippy made a good amount of money selling rap, vinyl, and CDs in the 80s and 90s, today the younger demographic isn't something he caters to. Well, but don't you think that the people who, who want uh, the new Kendrick Lamar or, or the new Jay-Z or whoever it might be, don't, don't you think they're downloaders? They can pick it up probably fairly cheaply at one of the big box stores. So, so why, so why do that... they need to come here and pay a higher price? Skippy's disconnect with younger music fans becomes instantly apparent when you ask him to walk a couple of steps in their music listening shoes. Have you ever paid for and downloaded an album or a song? Paid for? No. No. Why would I download an album? For, for what reason would I download it? Because I want to listen to it? Is that it? Yeah, I, I guess I don't think in those terms. I think in terms of having a 45 or an LP in my hand or a CD. But before you think Skippy is just an old timer who isn't up with the online world, think again. Sales are sales, and Skippy is aware that he's sitting on some valuable inventory, if you know what people want. As a result, his online store on the Discogs.com platform is chock full of around 1,500 items, some of them selling for upwards of $200 for a seven inch single. Aside from selling records since the early 60s, Skippy has also produced and released dozens of R&B, gospel, and even hip-hop records through a series of his own labels, including Wild Records, Bluestown, Stop, and Silver Cross. While none of his records were national smashes, many are now highly regarded and coveted, including 45s by pioneering transgender soul singer Jackie Shane. Many Bostonians also thought Skippy had a star in vocalist Frank Lynch, until Lynch was tragically killed while in police custody in 1968, just as his song, Young Girl, was climbing the charts. Gospel releases produced by Skippy decades ago are also sought after by collectors around the world, including sides by the locally based Creighton Singers. Skippy explains how the group's gospel song, Master on High, on his Silver Cross imprint, has come back around a half century later. 
Yeah, this is the record. Yeah, that's the record he's got on. His is a, his is a used copy. It's not brand new. And he wants $100. This has never been played, never been touched by human hands, just mine. And uh, I, put it on, I put it on for $49.99. Because I then, after I found out he had it on eBay for $100, I went on um, Discogs. Found out two people have it for $100 each on Discord. So I put it on both for $49.99. I put out two records by the Creighton Singers back in the day on Silver Cross. And this was not the best of the two. <laughs> it was the worst of the two and barely sold at all. Back in the day when we first put it out, I sold it for 98 cents. I remember back in the day having a record, having a box of a record, box 25 count of uh, I Walk Alone uh, by the Vocaleers on Red Robin. I probably paid 15 cents a piece. So I sold them for 75 cents a piece. What are they worth today? Uh, probably a couple of hundred dollars each. Skippy's customers aren't the only ones who are loyal. Mark Siegel, a record industry vet and music collector himself, has been with Skippy for 40 years. He started with the Skippy-owned Mass Records Distribution Company on the day of the infamous blizzard of 78 and has managed various retail locations for Skippy ever since, from Mattapan to Rhode Island. These days, he can be found behind the counter at the Eggleston Square store most Saturdays and Sundays. February 6, 1978. Yes, that's the day of the blizzard. I started working for Skippy. And in the morning, we started talking about what needed to be done. And I started my job with a snow shovel and a push broom. We worked hard on getting that thing established selling R&B music to the local R&B shops in the area, which many people thought were Skippy's competition, but he viewed everybody as brothers in arms. We're all selling the same kind of music. We all love the same kind of music. We all have the same customers. We're all in the same neighborhood. Mark rattles off a long list of record stores who used to compete with Skippy's. All of them are gone now. Tower and HMV and Leachmere and Jordans and Briggs and Briggs. Funky Fresh, all those stores, they're just all gone. Strawberries is gone, Good Vibrations, uh, probably Coconuts. I'm in there, Craze. Mark has a simple explanation as to why Skippy has outlasted them all. He's a fanatic, <laughs> a straight out fanatic. Um, we talked about that at one point and we don't know anything else. So what else would we do? Heaven only knows. Who else would put up with us? That's another problem. So his feeling is that he's going to be in that store till he falls over. And in terms of why the store is still open, because he's a legend, people trust him, people know him. Mark is talking about people like William, who came in looking for a specific soul song on a recent weekend afternoon. Well, I had to search for what I want. I was looking for some old... R&B and soul. I was looking for a Wilson Pickett CD and a Johnny Taylor. I was looking for uh, Wilson Pickett's uh, Don't Let the Green Grass Fool. Yeah. 
I heard it the other day and it kind of stayed on my mind. You know, I grew up listening to it in my mother's house and my aunt's, you know. And of course, as you get older, that, the, the lyrics in that music make you realize that, you know, look at life a little differently. Soul fans are always requesting their favorite Aretha Franklin, Sam Cooke, and Marvin Gaye albums. Skippy says that when an artist like Prince or Michael Jackson passes away, there's a predictable run on their music. But otherwise, even his biggest sellers in the store are pretty modest by most standards. I sell a lot of stuff that I don't sell volume. I don't sell vo much volume on one particular item much anymore. I mean, obviously this here was a very big gospel seller for me. I probably sold 200 of this. Tamala Man, the one with the, the big hit on it called Take Me to the King. Take me to the king I don't have much to bring My heart's torn Right now, the, the latest uh, Luther Bonds is selling very well. But when you say, how many have you sold? 12 to 15, maybe? That's not exactly a big seller. So, uh, you know, they don't sell a lot all at one time. Uh, but they, they sell across the board, and we sell a lot of stuff like that. The first Skippy White's Records location, which opened in 1961, was at 1820 Washington Street in the South End, near Northampton Street, and not far from today's Boston Medical Center. The neighborhood is still a mix of residential and commercial buildings, but it's nowhere near as rough and tumble as it was during the 60s. He moved across the street to 1763 Washington Street later in the decade, where he anchored the music community until giving up that location in 1987. The Boston Globe at one time referred to that corner as the meanest corner in the city of Boston. <laughs> well, obviously, when we moved out of there in 1987, you know, a lot of that changed. But when I got here to Eggleston, I found some of the same people <laughs> that used to be at Northampton were here. The thing was, you know, like I had people come in and they'd say to me, Skippy, how do you put up with all this? How do you make it in this environment with, with, with these crazy people? And I said, hey, this is nothing compared to Northampton. <laughs> <laughs> if I could make it in Northampton uh, with all that was going on there, this is a piece of cake. You had the pimps and the prostitutes all the time. You had the drug dealers right in front of the store making the drug deals. Uh, you had the winos. Today, the man who once ran a regional network of vinyl outposts has one modest store left, and that's just fine with him. He isn't a young man anymore, but he still works six days a week at the store and also produces his two radio shows on Saturday and Sunday mornings, respectively. As for whether the Eggleston store is going to be Skippy's last stand, he pauses and says, Number one, I hate moving. Can't stand moving. It's, it's a horrible grind to try to move a store. But I guess if I found what I thought was a really super duper location and the price to uh, go in there was reasonable enough, um, uh, maybe I'd consider moving to another location. I'm all right here, but uh, certainly I could do better. Customers, though, hope that he'll still be here for decades to come. You know what I, I get a lot, especially, let's say, in recent years, 
from people is, Skippy, who's going to take over when you're gone? I get that a lot because they're worried that if I'm not here, the store will not be here and they will lose that source that they have now of someone that will really go the extra mile to find something for them. I asked two loyal customers, Hassan and William, to talk about how they would feel if Skippy's ever shut its doors. It will be a devastation, I'm sure, to the community that he serves. A de uh, it would be a devastation to Boston because, I mean, Skippy's been around since, what, 1961? <laughs> so, I mean, Skippy is uh, Boston history. I think it's gonna leave a big hole because some of the, some of the younger generation, if those that are left that know about a lot of these old recording artists that are gone and passed on, the next generation is never gonna hear about them. You know, and as long as Skippy is around, you can come by and you can say, sit here, let me let, listen to this, son. Willie the Handyman is clear about why he respects Skippy and why he keeps coming back. His music, his system humor, the ability to, to deal with people. You know, he's been around long enough. Our cornerstone, all of the nationality, all of the spirit. Do you have one location that he's ever had that was your favorite for sentimental no, reasons? Or? No, it's, it's not the location, it's the, it's the person. Although Skippy has no plans to stop selling music anytime soon, he has already thought about his legacy. Like the man himself, the way he views his impact on Boston and its music scene is pretty uncomplicated. He knew his music. There you go. This Afropop close-up was supported by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep the series going, we need your support. If you like stories like this and you want to hear more, please visit afropop.org and make a donation. 